This is the founder of the United Empire, Will Ospreay, the man that has done it all in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you are listening to the Wrestle In. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Ohio, konnichiwa, konbanwa, and welcome to New Japan. This is a Wrestle In podcast where we explore the world of Japanese pro wrestling one wrestler at a time through the lens of an enthusiast and a noob. As always, I'm your host, Kieran RH, and I'm actually going to be playing the role of the enthusiast for a change. I know it's been a while, I've always been the noob, seemingly. But joining me as the somewhat noob is uh, NK at NK Preach on Twitter. NK is part of the probably the best wrestling podcast show, uh, the best wrestling podcast, best wrestling show in the UK, Rest Things. Check them out on Twitter at Rest Things, which is W R E S T H I N G S. Subscribe to them on YouTube, subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts. They've got so much fucking original content. It's all got amazing top quality production and value. I've been on Rest Things before. I listen regularly. I know that I can't do a better introduction for NK than he can actually do for himself because they all do their own introductions on the show. Uh, I went on and I was far too, far too unprepared for it. NK, I've tried to do a little introduction for you, but please introduce yourself like you do on Rest Things. Yo, people, it's your boy NK, aka the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, aka the hood Japanese correspondent, aka the CEO, the president, the commissioner of the TDM Tokyo Dome Merchants. It's a pleasure to be here. Bro, been a big fan of New Japan, Noob Japan. Um, and yeah, man, let's get it cracking, man. I'm excited, man. I, I might need you guys to like all do a little thing for me so that I, I've got a better intro for myself next time you yeah, guys are recording. Yeah, man, we, 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 could, we, we could sort it out, man. We could sort it out. <laughs> um, I want to talk wrestling for a minute because before yeah. we get into talking about Hiroshi Tanahashi, because like I said, I didn't say that to, to boost your ego, to be kind. I do think the wrestling's crew are putting out some of the best wrestling content, not only in the UK, but across the world. It's all positive, it's all hyped, it's all fun and exciting. You know, you had Will Ospreay in the studio, you had Gabriel Kidd, you've got guys from the independent UK scene all the time. Uh, please tell the listeners what Wrestlings is all about and why they should be checking out, because it fucking rules. Yeah, man, you know, Wrestlings, you know, our slogan is by the mandem, for the mandem. We wanted to give, like, um, an authentic um, take on wrestling, um, you know, by the mandem, and more specifically, like, we... It represent we talk about representation. Representation is important within the wrestling community. And we felt like, you know, young black boys, you know, from London, you know, weren't really involved in the podcasting scene, in the wrestling podcasting scene. So we just came together and said, you know what, we're gonna be that voice. Um and then we're gonna, you know, fly the fact to show that, you know, not all wrestling fans, you know, look a certain type of way. Yes, there are black wrestling fans. There are wrestling fans that grew up in a certain environment. There are wrestling fans of all um, walks of life. And we all love wrestling just the same. We all know our stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and we just wanted to have fun um, with the podcast as well. Like, yeah, like, we all know our stuff and we all can debate wrestling here and there. But, like, we just want to have fun. We want to bring the fun back into the community. The wrestling community can be toxic at times it could be divisive at times we just want to build a platform where we can bring people together of all walks of life and it's like yeah like we're gonna have fun talking wrestling it don't need to be tribalism stuff all the time even though we do have our moments on the podcast like it's all love at the end of the day like you know what i'm saying that like, we're here to build a community of people who love and enjoy wrestling and yeah man that's what wrestling is about it's, like it's by the mandem for the mandem and the mandem 
is anyone, you know what I'm saying? Anyone who's willing to come on the platform and have a good time or watch the show and just enjoy yourself. You don't take yourself too seriously. You just love wrestling because wrestling is awesome. I mean, I like you know, I grew up southeast London. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know that the energy level you guys bring, I'm used to from you know going to secondary school. Uh, half my year group being from Nigeria. You know, we play Nigeria versus the rest of the world in football. And yeah. it'd, be it'd be balanced teams. You know, um, yeah. uh, like the energy level you guys bring is there's nobody else in the wrestling community that can match your energy level. Like. If people from across people from across the world listen to this podcast, like if you don't know what I'm talking about or what NK is talking about, just take the time to check it out. It's infectious. Like I listen, I don't give a shit about WWE. I haven't watched WWE in years, but when <laughs> you guys are talking about it, I listen just because it's so engaging, it's so infectious. The energy is just unbelievable. There's nothing like it at Rest Things on Twitter. Please, please, please check them out. Uh, but this episode is all about Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, the once in a century yeah, yeah. talent, the goat. Uh, NK, you hit me up and you said you wanted to come on uh, to talk about Tanahashi, to learn a bit yes. more about Tanahashi. Why did you pick Tanahashi specifically? Because Tanahashi is, like you said, he's considered the GOAT, he's considered the ace. And then if I'll get into like my journey with New Japan, um, I started New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom 10. Um, I'd, w I'd watched a few things here and there. I'd watched like AJ versus Okada. But out of context, I watched a few G1s out of context. But Wrestle Kingdom 10 was the first um, New Japan show that I watched, you know, with a full understanding, okay, this is the storyline and this is, you know, what's going on. And obviously, Wrestle Kingdom 10 was like Okada's crowning moment over Tanahashi and then the moment where the torch was kind of passed from Tanahashi to Okada. Um, so my New Japan journey... Like, my guy has been Okada in terms of, like, the top of the company. Mm -hmm. So, when people... And obviously, Tanahashi's had great performances even after Wrestle Kingdom 10. But when people talk about Tanahashi being the GOAT, being the ace, being the guy who carried New Japan on his back, um, it's like, I, I didn't experience that because mm -hmm. I joined New Japan where the torch was being passed. So, I've, I was always curious to see, like, okay... Um, what did what what was it about Tanahashi? Like obviously, he's put on spectacular performances, and I've gone back and watched matches. But I'd love to talk to somebody you know who you know really has the full context of why Tanahashi is amazing, why he's the goal, why he's you know heralded so high. I mean, I've only I'm only got one Wrestle Kingdom on you. I started around Wrestle Kingdom Nine, man. But uh, of course, I I you know New Japan is what I love. I've gone back. Yeah. I've got Watched lots, read lots, studied lots, so so hopefully I can give that to you. But before we get into it, obviously, on Noob Japan, we have the 10-star noob rating system. We're going to see how much knowledge the noob has about the wrestler we're talking about. NK, you're playing the role of the noob for this episode, although you're by yeah. no means a noob. Uh, but So on a scale of 1 to 10, how much knowledge would you say you've already got about Tanahashi? I'd give myself... I'm going to give myself a solid... I'm leading towards six. You don't know, be humble. A six. I'll be <laughs> six. I think that's probably the highest we've had for for the noob. So hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully, I don't tell you a bunch of shit you already know, man. Um, but <laughs> worst case, hopefully, the listeners learn something new. All right, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the enthusiast for today. I've got to try my best. Let's jump off the top rope with a high fly flow and dive into talking all about Hiroshi Tanahashi. And to start off with the obvious. Uh, he debuted back in October 1999 and he went through the Young Lion system that we still see today. 
Um, you know, he trained in the dojo. He had the opening matches on the card. He wore all the black gear. Um, he had a limited move set until he eventually graduated. Um, but then to give, you know, you start off from the bottom to give a picture of where he is today. I thought we'd quickly run through his his ridiculous list of accolades. Like if you go on his Wikipedia and scroll to the bottom, you know, you've got all the awards and accolades. Like you're scrolling yeah. for a long time to read all of them for Tanahashi. He's yeah. an eight-time IWGP heavyweight champion, three-time United States heavyweight champion, three-time tag team champion, two-time intercontinental champion, three-time never openweight six-man champion, two-time IWGP under 30 champion, which is something really cool that I want to talk about. Uh, he's a one-time never openweight champion, three-time G1 Climax winner, two-time New Japan Cup winner. And that's just his accolades within New Japan. He's won the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship and he also won the Noah's GHC Tag Team Championships along with Yuji Nagata. So it just gives you this idea that this guy started from the bottom. He was washing dishes. He was cleaning other wrestlers' clothes. He was carrying their luggage. He was doing setting up the ring. He was probably being tortured in the fucking dojo. Uh, and literally has done it all and won it all multiple fucking times. Like there, yeah. there is, There's no one... You know, say Okada is your guy, Okada is your ace. Okada, you know, I love the fact that Okada has actually only won the top titles, that he doesn't even go for the lower titles. You know, they're like, yeah. kind of, he's above them almost, it seems. Um, So I like the fact that, they, that you've got these two aces, but they're very different in that Tanahashi has done it all on one And Okada is like, yeah, I'm just going to prove I'm the best by constantly winning the top title. It's two yeah. very different sides of the same coin. Um, But to go back into like, Tanahashi when he in his younger days when he was trying to you know get, get popular in New Japan make the main event like he was hated like crowds did not like Tanahashi like they simply admire him today uh, yeah I've heard of that what, what yeah I know you're gonna get into it what was, was that during um like the whole um Enochism period or was yeah, that just... yeah exactly so like Enoki tried his best to fucking you know not by design but destroy New Japan you know he had whole Enochiaism, he wanted to prove that wrestling was the best combat sport. He'd have guys like Shinsuke Nakamura go in to fight actual MMA fights, and Nakamura done okay, but like, you know, he'd also get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. It's kind of like, as a fan in Japan, where they treat wrestling as a sport and it's all very kayfabe, it's very still alive even now, let alone 20 years ago, it's like why the fuck should I buy Nakamura as my top champion when he's going to other places and getting his fucking ass kicked? It undermines your product. It undermines your wrestlers. Um, it wasn't just the case for for uh, Nakamura either. It was guys like Nagata and stuff. And Tanahashi was like, "Fuck this!" Like you know, uh, he really defied Antonio Inoki, like literatively and figuratively. Like mm -hmm. Inoki has his famous chant that he'd end uh, end the night on. Like you know, Tanahashi says, "I love you." He goes, "Ashimas," and. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tetsuya Naito does LIJ roll call, and Aoki would go, uh, Ich ni sunny, go da, and they'd, he'd raise his hand, and all the crowd would do it. And he's done it in the ring before. And um, when Tanahashi was in the ring with other wrestlers, like all the wrestlers would join in, and Tanahashi just didn't do it. Wow. And that was kind of, you know, yeah, that's like, that's like that kind of the ultimate disrespect, especially in a place like Japan where respect is king, you know. Yeah. Uh, you've got your senseis and your, your students and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he, he just straight up refused to do it. Um, and without Tanahashi kind of taking that stand, just just he just put his nose to the floor. He just worked and worked and worked. He tried to put on the best matches he could. He was young. He had to, uh, this great rivalry with Nakamura because they... um I've got it in my notes somewhere. I've got so many fucking notes, man. But, like, uh, they headlined the Tokyo Dome 
when they were super young, Nakamura and Tanahashi. Um, oh God, I don't really, know. Really? What was it? Um, this is before it was called Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't remember if it was a January 4th or not. I sh- like, my, I, literally, I got like four pages of notes, man. Um, but yeah, so, oh, here we go. So Nakamura was 24 and Tanahashi was 29. Wow. And they main wow. evented they main evented the Tokyo Dome, and it, there wasn't a lot of build to it. It was their first ever singles match too, and it was for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was for the under uh, IWGP Under Thirty Championship, which is something Tanahashi introduced. Um, so you know, it's the fact that the, the company's kind of putting the they're putting everything they can on the back of Tanahashi, on the back of Nakamura. And as well, it was meant to be on the back of Shibata because they were the three new musketeers, they was called, um, as a yeah. reference to the original three musketeers, Shinya Hashimoto, Keiji Muto, and um, Masahiro Chono. And then Shibata was like, no thanks, I'm, I'm out of here. And Shibata fucked off and left. Um, obviously, yeah, Rappu- didn't he do like tours in like Noah or around Japan? Yeah, so Shibata was, he, um, he wrestled in Noah a little bit. He created kind of his own promotion called Big Mouth Loud. But mostly he went to MMA um, because he wanted okay. to just be a legit fighter. He had some success. He has. He, I don't think he had a great record. Um, eventually he came back to New, to New Japan, and obviously all the wrestlers were like, "Fuck this guy!" Like Tanahashi was seething. Like they've had they had a great match. Um, it got the big five stars from Dave Meltzer uh, when Shibata returned and everything. Um, because yeah, Tanahashi legitimately hated this guy. Like the company's struggling. Tanahashi's doing everything he can to help this company survive. And Shibata, mm-hmm. who the company has pinned a lot on as well as a new free musketeer, takes his ball and fucks off home, you know? Like yeah. Tanahashi's pissed. Like they are great friends now. You see on social media and everything, they love each other, they're like brothers, but it was legit legitimately Tanahashi had big, big issues with Shibata once upon a time. Um, wow. Yeah, like Tanahashi didn't necessarily endear himself to a crowd that was used to Inoki, that was used to Yuji Nagata, who was the top guy at the time that had the longest reign with the title at the time. You know, Nagata is just this badass. He's going to kick the shit out of you. You know, he's going to get bloody. He's going to fight. And then Tanahashi comes along and he's a pretty boy. He's got this long flowing hair. Uh, he's got this this great body. Um, you know, he's doing kind of more extravagant moves like something like the sling blade you know like yeah Nagata would just be like you know he'd be suplexing people he'd be kicking them in the face um and then uh you know he he starts a catchphrase like I said he says I love you which Aishimas it's like okay this is a very serious sport here you know the fans are thinking like why the fuck is this guy saying I love you like that's cringe as fuck that's weird as fuck um yeah you know credits to Tanahashi it's now his catchphrase and every fucking one of us join in with if you're in the audience when he does it at the end of a show um absolutely uh, yeah like people record like you know say it it was the new japan dark ages because they weren't the most like today number one in japan is easily new japan you know there's everyone's yeah. fighting for second place um and it's true that Tanahashi did bring them out of the dark ages uh you know they couldn't draw big crowds. Noah was the hottest ticket in the country. You know, you had Kenta Kabashi leading the helm. Misawa was obviously still going strong. Kenta was on yeah. the up. Um, and yeah, I, it was really just through grit and determination, you know, that eventually he was able to make the company. Like, um, he's, there's this great uh, series on the New Japan website called Aces High, and he's literally just recording his entire career from day one to the current day. It's all mm-hmm. in English, obviously. It's so insightful. But he'll say how he would like be at a venue and there'd be 
300 people here, 200 people. I need to say at the end of the show, I, I, it's my aim to get this venue filled up. And then slowly but surely, he'd come back every year. And, you know, there'd be another 100 and there'd be another 100. And he could literally see that he was making a difference. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, eventually he, of course, won the top title for the first of eight times. Um, yeah. It wasn't in the way he would have wanted. Um, he was meant to face Brock Lesnar, who was the champion at the time. Uh, and Lesnar had issues with pay, contract issues. And I don't, I don't think, I don't know if anyone knows 100% what the issue is, but basically it was kind of young Brock being Brock. Um, yeah. And he held the title hostage, essentially, and he went home with the title at the airport. Um, I think, it, does Brock Lesnar have a, a, a biography? I think he did. I, I'm sure I've seen it in someone's book where apparently... New Japan sent some wrestlers to try stop Brock at the airport and get the title back. Um, it obviously didn't happen. Uh, so Tanahashi was set to face Brock. Title doesn't exist. They held a tournament. Um, Tanahashi made the finals against Giant Bernard, uh, Prince Albert, Lord Tensai, Matt. Uh, what the fuck's his name in NXT now? Matt Bloom, trainer. Um, and Tanahashi yeah. won, and that's how he got his first title. Uh, and then you know he's he's off to the races from there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask. Um... Because Tanahashi, like you said, Tanahashi, like, for the time, especially when he was coming up, like, he had a very different style mm-hmm. of wrestling to what um, everyone else had. Like, do you know who trained him? Because um, that, cause it, it's very interesting to hear, like, during this whole Enochism phase or um, where guys, you know, are working, like, almost shoot-style wrestling. Yeah. You have a guy doing sling blades, tie five throws, like, um, did he, has he ever spoken about why he's done that, or is it influence from his trainer, or like, like what made him go against the grain? Like, that's a ballsy move. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure. I know, like, he has said that he took a lot of influence from Shawn Michaels. He absolutely loves Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I can and see a lot of that in him. Exactly. Even with the gear, you know, you did the gear, even the way they tell stories, the way they sell. Like, I can see a lot of similarities between him and Shawn. Hundred percent. He loves Shawn Michaels. He 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 will gladly tell you he stole a lot from Shawn Michaels. Um, uh, he also like with the high fly flow. He uh took the inspiration from Eddie Guerrero with a flog splash mm-hmm. for that. Um, and he was he wrestled Kurt Angle uh, for the title as well at some point and uh, defeated Kurt Angle. And he's got he he heaps praise and praise on Kurt Angle. Says says he's probably the best. Like there's no one else like him. The way he can go in the ring. Um, so, I mean, when you put those pieces together, he probably was kind of taking influence from the Western products from, yeah, you know, the mid 2000s WWE, where, you know, we all remember like SmackDown being the hottest shit with Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Edge yeah. and all that, you know. Um, so I'd, I'd say that, I mean, in terms of who actually trained him, like, so the usual thing is, is when you're a young lion, you kind of have someone that you second and you take care of them, one of the veterans. So like, yeah. you know, today someone... Uh, I think Great Okan did it for Tanahashi or Master Watto. I could be wrong. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly. But basically, it's that person's job to make sure that wrestler's cool, cook them dinner, wash their gear, you know, just make sure anything they want, go to the shops for them. like, And then in return, this wrestler is supposed to somewhat take care of you, train you and things like that. Um, yeah. But I know, I think Tanahashi had quite a few. I, I know he, Shinya Hashimoto was a big fan of Tanahashi because they were both from the same place in Japan. Um, okay. And he also, like, he... I think he seconded Keiji Muto mostly. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, because um, I heard about that as well, just in terms of like the men mentorship, and then obviously I think you'll get to it later. But I heard, um, um, Tanashi and Keiji Muto had like a really big match at like one of the first couple Wrestle Kingdoms. I'm not sure which one, but um, yeah, I heard um like Tana and Keiji had a big match, and it was kind of like not a passing of the torch thing, but like more so like okay, this is like the star of the past, and Tanashi's the star of today. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're 100% on money. Wrestle Kingdom 3 it was, which was back in, like, 2009. Keiji Muto enters as the heavyweight champion, um, and Tanahashi defeats him in to win the title. Um, I can't... I'm not 100% here. Uh, I think Muto was maybe even not with New Japan at the time, because I know around that time he was wrestling with All Japan. Okay. So it may have even been as well that Tanahashi was bringing the title back home for more emphasis. Yeah. You know, like, this is your fucking guy. Like... He's your new Japan hero now. He's beaten the outsider, yeah. which it, you know that's a to it, on on the opposite side of things. Tanahashi entered um, all Japan's uh, champion carnival, uh, which is their version of um, the G1 climax, like their summer tournament, their M1 victory, yeah. G1 climax, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he was in that as a heel because he was the outsider. There's there's this new Japan guy coming into our all Japan. Fuck this guy, mm-hmm. um, and he was put in like the block of death um and he uh god damn it where is it in my goddamn notes um but he i can't remember who's in muto was in it basically it was all these like it was the top guys of all japan and i know i've got it written down somewhere um but muto was in it and stuff and basically he went through the block and he didn't lose he drew two matches he won three or four and he made the final and then he um Lost in the final to Suwama. Ah, here he is. He's in the same block as Toshiaki Kawada, Keiji Muto, Satoshi Kojima, who I now know we know is New Japan, but he was uh, he was a big uh, All Japan guy for a long time. And yeah. uh, Teoke, he won two matches, drew two to win the block. He went undefeated in All Japan. Uh, and then yeah. Suwama was the All Japan hero who stopped this outsider. Um, but uh, that's the great thing about Tanahaji when you watch him in the ring. He doesn't do it so much anymore just because he is universally adored. Uh, he can he's got he he knows when how to play to the crowd like no one else yeah he can just switch on a dime to being a dick to being a heel if he knows that the crowd are just so much more in someone else's corner like he's done it in matches versus okada before like he'll do it the king of pro wrestling one where yeah like he does a really he does a really fucking smug air guitar and stuff and yeah yeah mercilessly beating on okada's arm so that he can't use the rainmaker um, yeah, and you know that's Tanahashi at the height of his popularity as well, and he's making this crowd just boo the fuck out of him. Like, imagine I I I don't know who I could compare that to in the West because you've got a guy like John Cena who was always like you know he had his fans, but he was certainly had his critics as well. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, no, to just have your top babyface to just be able to switch on a dime like that to make people boo him mid match, like it, there, there's no one else that can do shit like that. Like he is unbelievable. And like mentioning John Cena and. You see it on Twitter all the time. Someone will say, oh, who's Tanahashi? And someone will be like, oh, he's like New Japan's John Cena. And it's like, that's really underselling it, man. Like, Yeah, as a, yeah I, I guess it's a way... Because even I have this... Because I re- had a conversation on wrestlings as well where like, I was like, I was doing what you were doing. I was trying to sell Tanahashi. Um, and it was kind of like... You kind of got of like... The reason why people do that, and even though it's not an apps comparison, it's just... There's nothing like Tanahashi out yeah. there. Like there. There's nothing like him. So you kind of got to do... It's kind of like... I say it's... 
if John Cena met Shawn Michaels in terms of like what one of the best workers in the world, but one of the most beloved characters in wrestling at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you rarely get like a mixture of the two. In a lot of times in wrestling, you either get someone who's like a good worker, but people don't really like him that much. Or you get someone who people like, but he's not considered one of the best. With Tanahashi, like he is just like even coming into it, like as like Wrestle Kingdom 10 and going forward from there, it was like crazy to see like how beloved he was. Like commentary would put him over. Like, even though he just and it's something that you know we don't see in the West a lot in the West, like if you ain't got a title, if you're not the top guy, people don't really care. But Tanahashi has still been able to retain, you know, his level of, you know, um, love, even though he's been out of the main event pick for quite a while now. And Tan, if you say Tanahashi's on the show, people are tuning in because that's what Tanahashi, that's what Tanahashi means to people. So he's he's a phenomenon. Like he's he's insane like it like it's still crazy to even grasp like how loved he is yeah no i I, I like that saying that he's like john cena meet Shawn michaels that's much more accurate than just saying john cena because like yeah you know can you you know what was what was one of the things with john cena as a comparison we all hated the fucking five moons five moves of doom yeah Yeah. Uh, what's quite interesting is that tanahashi has like not the greatest move set in the world it's yeah 20 years ago, sure, 15 years ago, like we said, no one in New Japan was doing the high fly flows, doing the sling blades, you know, do it and stuff like that. But in the modern era, not so much. You know, he has 20 drangle screw leg whips a match. He got the straight bracket suplex. He'll do the sling blade. He'll do the high fly flow and stuff. Yeah. Um, but no one's ever fucking said five moves of Doom Tanahashi, have they ever? No one's no. ever said, oh, you know, LOL Tanahashi wins. Like, there's none of that. Like, that's why I'm. That's why I think John Cena comparison just isn't accurate enough. Like, yeah, we we need to get that going. John Cena meets Shawn Michaels. That that's 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 the new one. Um, <laughs> as well, like to get into more the last the last few years, you know, we, everyone talks about Okada's record breaking reign as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. You know, twelve defenses across seven hundred and twenty days, every match just a banger until he eventually lost it to Kenny Omega. Um, yeah. but the record he beat to get to that. To hold the record that he now holds was Tanahashi's. Tanahashi yeah. previously held the record with eleven defenses. Um, it's quite interesting. No, he had those eleven defenses over four hundred and four days, so he had one defense less than Okada, but in three hundred less days. Um, so you know he was working a lot more hectic schedule than yeah. Okada was. Um, so you know, before Tan- Okada came along, Tanahashi was the greatest IWGP Heavyweight Champion ever. You could still say he is. He's held the title eight times, which is more than anyone else. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, and given the title has now been combined into this IWGP World Heavyweight title, no one's ever likely to beat Tanahashi's record. Um, you know, we can dream. Maybe the title will come back one day. Um, but yeah. With good design. <laughs> it is as well, and to that extent, you say, you know, Okada came in, he kind of, you had that passing of the torch, and he was the new ace, and then he beats uh, Tanahashi's record. Um, yeah. Tanahashi was at war with the third generation. He was at war with, you know, Yuji Nagata, uh, Satoshi Kojima, Tenzan, uh, Nakanishi, all those guys. Um, 
and it was he didn't really he kind of had that passing the torch against Muto, like you said. But he's talked about how difficult it was to face guys like Nagata because they wouldn't give you anything. They made you earn it. Like they would make it really difficult to just get out of headlocks and simple things like that. Like he really had to fight and claw because they were kind of like, well, who's this young upstart? You know, I'm the champion. Uh, he's talked about in this ace. A lot of this stuff is coming from this aces high thing that I mentioned on New Japan website. Um, how even in even if he won, they would still make it seem like they had won. So like he'd beat Nagata, but then Nagata would uh, raise Tanahashi's hand as if he was giving him the honor and stuff like that. You know, what I mean, to kind of take the spotlight away and still say, you know, I'm the top dog here. Yeah, uh, because again, Nagata, the the record that Tanahashi beat to hold the record as best champion was Nagata's. So you had uh, Tanahashi beating the third generation's record and then Okada beating Tanahashi's record. Um, but he had so many bangers like as well. Like I know it, there's kind of from the one that kind of kickstarted it, it seems is like the 2012 King of Pro Wrestling match with Minoru Suzuki that everyone talks about. Um, yeah, the got... one where he like, like he barely attempted any pins. Yeah. I've watched that match yet, but like, people talk about like he barely attempted any pins. Like, I don't think only... I don't know if he does. It might. I, I've not watched it for a long time. I think it might be that the only pinfall in the match is the winning pin. Oh wow! Um, and if if I'm right as well, they they never leave the ring. Um, like John Moxley fucking loves this match. John Moxley said years ago he's watched this match hundreds of times. It like made him an, a much bigger fan of New Japan than he was. Like he credits this match for a lot of his love of New Japan. Um, and yeah. his love of Tanahashi and Minoru Suzuki as well, I guess. Um, but yeah, like he he really had to fight against the third generation because Yuji Nagata was not giving him anything. Uh, and to you know, talking about his accolade, he, his title wins his accolades. He's obviously won lots of awards as well. One thing I find crazy is that he was inducted into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame in two thousand and thirteen. Nine. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Nine years ago, yeah. he went, he got inducted. Like, and how much has he done in those nine years since? Since, he was... like, yeah. Because I think about, like, obviously, like, that, like, the feud of Okada, the feud of Night, okay, but after that, the, the, obviously, the classic G1 final against Ibushi, oh. the Wrestle Kingdom main event against Kenny. Like, there's been, there's been so much Hall of Fame-worthy content. <laughs> Most and Hall he... of Fame. <laughs> And he, he was already Hall of Fame inducted in 2013. Today, he's still putting on five-star matches. He's still winning top titles today. And he got he had a Hall of Fame-worthy career nine years ago. Like, who the fuck else can say that, man? Um, and then, like, you know, sticking with awards he's won, he got voted the wrestler of the decade for the 2010s in the Wrestling Observer Awards. That wow. happened, you know, I, I, I think, don't know if it was 2010 to 2019 or whatever it was. I remember the awards happening a year or two ago. But yeah, voted wrestler of the decade. But then perhaps more impressively, he was invited most charismatic wrestler of the decade. But in a Western English writing, speaking publication uh, website, he won an award for the most charismatic, even though he's Japanese. Like, yeah, that just speaks so much to how good he is that it's not all promos to be charismatic. You know, that you can just be charismatic by your look, your feel, your music, uh, your entrance your fucking your move set but it, that is just an insane accomplishment um and then the minority the minority suzuki match won match of the year in 2012 he won match of the year again in 2013 versus okada and he won match of the year again in 2016 versus okada from the wrestling observer uh newsletter awards 
and voted yeah. wrestler of the year oh, yeah. in 2011 2012 and 2013 three years on the bounce uh and then tokyo sports as well big publication in uh japan voted him the mvp in 2009 2011 2014 and 2018 like like i said you go on his wikipedia page it's a long fucking list of accolades man uh yeah and people credit him as the guy who kind of like brought new japan back um like like you said from the dark ages um i was also going to ask you i don't i've heard this before so obviously we spoke about like just um tadahashi differing um from the third generation in terms of like his style but i've also heard like that because he wrestled that way he's influenced like oh like the matches we see today in terms of like how new japan matches are paced are highly influenced by like guys like tana and shinsuke in terms of what they did during their period is that is that accurate to say yeah i'd say so because also all japan had the king's road style where it would be like yeah. very slow and then it would very gradually build and then like you know it, it's kind of you stick with it and you're glad you stuck with it it's this really great yeah. build whereas new japan obviously inoki uh termed the coin strong style uh Tana I don't think Tanahashi's actually a fan of that I think he's he's said to Inoki like what is strong style and Inoki's like I don't fucking know man like uh uh yeah they certainly like you know if you look at title matches that were happening some of them would be over in like 10 minutes because Inoki and his MMA thing it would be kind of like instant finishes like just a kick to the face game over and stuff yeah. like that whereas yeah they kind of started to go for the long form stuff um the Tanahashi and Nakamura rivalry is probably the biggest thing that kept New Japan alive. Um, and it, 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 not to take anything away from Tanahashi, but the real saving grace of New Japan was the fact that Ukes, the video game developers, they came in and they gave money to New Japan when they needed it most. They kind of took over and they said, we don't want to interfere with the wrestling. We just want to, you know, you what you do in the ring, all that stuff, that's up to you guys. You guys know what you're doing. We will handle the business side of it. And, yeah. that, that re and then they were really like, okay, and okay, bye-bye. Like that was Inoki fully out of the system now. So they could kind of start to do what they wanted to do. The Inoki influence was really gone. And Tanahashi yeah, struggles whilst Inoki was there. He could now mm -hmm. expand on because he didn't have Inoki standing over him. And then Inoki's son also like was, I don't know if he was the president head or what, but he was a very big part of New Japan when Inoki, when Antonio Inoki himself had left, his son came in for a while. And apparently his son was absolutely fucking clueless. <laughs> was that time period around like the what the late 2000s or was that the 2010s yeah no the mid mid to late 2000s like this is certainly all like between 2000 and 2010 because then once you get to the early 2000s uh 2010s like 2011 12 and stuff like that tanahashi starts to you know yeah become the tanahashi that we we know and love today like um the kejimuto tokyo dome match the wrestle kingdom 3 was in 2009 um I'm not sure when Yukes came in and took over things, but like uh, again, reading Aces High Tanahashi is just he he heaps so much praise onto them and, and credits them with saving New Japan yeah. and coming in when they needed them most. Uh, so in ring for sure it was Tanahashi. Uh, you know I think Nakamura deserves a lot of credit as well. Um, yeah, they had so much plans for each other. Like they they weren't a fan of their booking at the time, you know, because matches would just be thrown together last minute with no build, such as Tanahashi Nakamura matches, which they them two they felt they were special because they came up together in the, as young lions and stuff like that. Um it was this great rivalry because even though Nakamura was five years younger than Tanahashi, 
like Tanahashi, for all intents and purposes, the senior, Nakamura was doing more earlier. So in terms yeah. of wrestling, in terms of accolades, in terms of standing, Nakamura was the senior. So they had this really great rivalry in and out the ring. Um, they, they, I think in terms of outside the ring, I think they've always been quite good friends and everything. But Nakamura certainly, certainly deserves a lot of credit as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you talking about that um, uh, the uh, thing on the website, Ace is High, um, it's like it's currently up to when Okada debuted and took the title for Tanahashi at the first time ask and the, the, shock, the Rainmaker shock in Osaka. Um, yeah. He gives his thought on so much, like he's very, very Yoshitatsu. Um, it's really fucking funny. He's like, say, he says how like Yoshitatsu was just, even though he hadn't accomplished anything, he always felt like he was better than everyone else. Um, and that he, that, like, he felt he had this great rivalry with Nakamura, and Nakamura just like never paid Yoshitatsu any fucking attention. Like, he did not care about Yoshitatsu in the slightest. Um, I mean, to be fair, he he went and got he got pretty popular in WWE for a set time, didn't he, Yoshitatsu? But like I said, he talks about. Um, the Eddie Guerrero influence, the, the dislike for Brock Lesnar, that he didn't like the way he would uh, just batter his opponents. You never got to see anything from his opponents. It was just Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, uh, really admiring Shawn Michaels' work, being a fan of Kurt Angle, his life in the dojo, um, you know, how uh, the, 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 his trainer, his whoever he was looking after him, would take him out occasionally for meals and stuff like that. There's lots of really sweet stories. Um, his thoughts on Shibata leaving and then coming back and the feud they had. How he felt wrestling Mitsuharu Misawa and uh, Kenta Kabashi. Um, it's really good. It's really worth checking out. There's like, there's, there's so many. It will take you a long time to read, but there, there's so many like little fucking jewels in there. Um, and one thing I want to mention is that Tanahashi. Oh wait, do you know what? There's one thing back in from 2002. I want to mention. Uh, tell me if you know about this. That Tanahashi got stabbed. No. <laughs> no, no, inform me. <laughs> so back in back in two thousand two, uh, he so the reports go he tried to end his relationship with his girlfriend at the time, and she was a news reporter for TV Asahi. Um, and she she didn't take the breakup very well, so she she stabbed him twice. Wow. Um, the the story further goes that he got on his bike to leave the scene. He, like I don't know if it's a bicycle or a moped. I'm leaning towards bicycle. Um. And he still had the knife in him, so he's just cycling down the street with a knife sticking out of him. Uh, and it, it, because of what it was, because it was a news reporter for TV Asahi, and it was this pro wrestler who, granted, New Japan wasn't very popular then, but pro wrestling's always been a big deal in Japan. It got loads of fucking coverage, obviously, and it kind of really helped Tanahashi. It, in, a, in a backwards way, it made his rise to popularity quicker because he was now this known public face outside of wrestling like oh that's the guy that got stabbed by a fucking news reporter <laughs> that is that is insane uh it, it is like you know the japanese wrestler keep that keep their lives very private obviously yes like, i only found out a few a couple of years ago tanahashi has at least one child he might have more two i'm not entirely sure yeah um, that he's married and everything it's not like you know he's not going to be posting on instagram about it uh yeah because i remember I, I knew japanese wrestlers were private because uh there was like a a funny clip of like um okada's wife talking about him on a tv show mm-hmm. and i think they posted a, a photo of their wedding and there was loads of new japan wrestlers and they just blurred all their faces um yeah. it was there was a clip of like okada's like wedding and then you just see a ton of wrestlers they say there was new japan talent but their faces were all blurred and it's like yeah like 
I think Japanese culture as a whole is quite is a lot more reserved. Yes. In general, but then also when you add wrestling on top of it, because they're very big on like um maintaining some kayfabe and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. So yeah, I could imagine why like you know that story getting out would be a problem. Yeah, no, very much so. Like it's kayfabe is so real over there. Like the the good wrestlers won't be on a bus with the bad wrestlers. You'll never catch you know. Minoru Suzuki hanging out with anyone outside of Suzuki Goon. Um, you will never see Tanahashi hanging out with Jay White. You know, um, it, it, they very much hold it hold it to a, a much higher degree, and it's better for it, quite frankly. Um, but as well, speaking of you know his rise in popularity and stuff, he was the star of a movie called My Dad Is a Heel Wrestler. Um, I don't know if you know about this or have seen it. Um, no, I haven't seen it. No. It only came out a few years ago. Um, I think it was on New Japan World. I don't know if it still is. I think it might have been a limited time thing. But the idea, it, it's all, there's tons of New Japan wrestlers in it. Uh, the idea is that Tanahashi is this heel wrestler um, and called Cockroach Mask. And he's trying to capture his former glory, like before he uh, got injured and had to come back and play a heel and everything. Yeah. And uh, his young son finds out that his dad is this Cockroach Mask and he's devastated because his dad... <laughs> is like the worst wrestler like he gets out the spray cans and he sprays people in the face every match and hits them with garbage cans like he's just the, the worst of the worst heel and like you know his son is in school and he's like because he, he's so excited he tells everyone his dad's a wrestler and then he finds out who he is and he lies about who his dad is and stuff um it's really fucking wholesome and cute because it's like tanahashi trying to he, he gets into the their version of g1 in this tournament in this film sorry and uh, he like just wants to do good for his kid and everything, and show him that he's not he can be more than just cockroach mask. Uh, yeah, Okada's in it, and he's their champion, and he's called Dragon George, and there's loads of New Japan wrestlers in it. Um, it's, <laughs> it's really fun. It's <laughs> worth checking out. Like Naito has yeah. a little cameo. Uh, but yeah, um, so usually we wrap things up uh, where uh, enthusiasts suggest a single match to check out about the wrestler we're talking about. But you know, fuck that. This is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like. We could do just an entire podcast. Exactly. We could do an entire podcast where we just talk about his match with fucking Minoru Suzuki and King, uh, King of Pro Wrestling. Like, we're, we're going to do it more so matches. Rivalries. You have so many rivalries where it's like, it, forget about recommending the match. Like, you, it's hard to even recommend a single rivalry because you like, you got Nakamura, you got Suzuki, you got Naito, you got Okada. He's had so many bangles of different wrestlers. It's like, picking it's, one it's, is like, it's crazy, right? Like how he doesn't he seems to have chemistry with everyone. Like, can you yeah. can you think of a wrestler that Tanahashi stepped in the ring with and they didn't connect in some way, shape, or form? Like he he's given like Chase Owens a good match. You yeah. Hanare in the G1 this year, who I, I think done blinding t- to be fair to him. Like his first match of the G1 was against Tanahashi. Hanare came out looking like a star. Yeah. Like Tana I, I can't think of people that don't step in the ring that step in the ring with Tanahashi and don't look good. It, it's it's insane um but yeah you you say okada that's the that's the big rivalry you know okada has seven yeah. wins I, it's probably look i don't think i'm exaggerating to say that rivalry with okada and tanahashi might be the best wrestling rivalry of all time they've got i believe so. i believe so i compare every rivalry to that because that to me that's the gold because i've gone back and watched um all their matches from okada's um Day uh, Okada's match where he won the title up until like Wrestle Kingdom ten. I'd I'd say that's like the season finale of like that feud, and then obviously oh. they have matches after that. But like from like I guess what re- I guess it was 
I can't remember. It was I think it was um, a New Beginning show where Okada won, or or straight after Wrestle Kingdom where Okada won the title. Up until Wrestle Kingdom ten, those series of matches are like the greatest feud I have ever seen. Yeah, like, it's, it's insane. insane. The fact that they like you know Wrestle Kingdom nine main event Okada versus Tanahashi Tanahashi gets the win ha- Okada is heartbroken the guy is he literally cries. he is crying that was my first Wrestle Kingdom main event man I'd never seen anything like that match and then the reaction from Okada like I was hooked and then a year later it's the same main event and Okada walks out like back to back main events of the top show of the year. And they deliver. No one's, no one's like, oh, why are they doing this again? It's like, fuck yeah, let's go again. Um, yeah, and yeah, and it, and what I loved about the series is that each match, elev- like there was a reason to do the match again, because a lot of the times, like in wrestling, we get pointless rematches. But it's like just because it's like, okay, Okada beating Tanahashi for the title, cool. But then Wrestle Kingdom became its own character in the feud. It was like, cool, Okada can beat Tanahashi in any other stage except for Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. And that became, the, that became the story. And then when Okada lost and he started crying and it was like, you, you just don't get that level of like drama and for wrestling. It's like, it's not about, um, oh my God, Okada slept with Tanahashi's misses or anything <laughs> or something dumb like that. It's like, no, it's like, I want to be the best. And this how this is how much it means to me, and even just Wrestle Kingdom as a stage, like, and that's one thing I love about New Japan that got me hooked is the pageantry. It's like the confetti, the the stage, like it just feels. When you look at New Japan, you feel like this is a product that has history to it. Mm-hmm. This is a product that has lineage, that has you know just a rich background that. Um, you know, it means something for these wrestlers to be on the January 4th show. It's not just, oh, this is a random main event we threw together. Like, it, it's important. Yeah, there, there's no bigger kind of, like, chip on your, like, uh, reward, a uh, pat on the back than main event in the Tokyo Dome, wherever it's Wrestle Kingdom, whether it's January 4th. Yeah. Like, January 4th has been a long thing before Wrestle Kingdom, uh, like exactly. you alluded to earlier. But yeah, there, there's no bigger pat on the back than that. And then on the Okada rivalry, you know, Okada has seven wins. Tanahashi has five wins. One of them was against uh, uh, Okada when he was a young lion. And they've yeah. went to three time limit draws. Three of those matches were Wrestle Kingdom main events as well. Like, there, there's no one with that grandeur that can hold up to that. That many matches as well, and they've never had a bad one. Like, there, there's never. never, no one's ever walked away disappointed. Um, one match I want to mention, and I mention it all the time, uh, but um, so I don't think it gets a lot of attention because it was kind of just before the, the the New Japan exploded in the West in the modern day uh, yeah. with the internet New Japan world. But uh, G1 Climax 25, the A Block final, um, the last night of A Block, it was Tanahashi versus AJ Styles, and ba- and the winner would win A Block. Sensational. Sensational. Uh, this was my this this was my first ever trip to Japan. I was in the venue for the show. I was in Ryo Goku. Wow. Um I, I was I I had went more I was still kind of learning about New Japan. I was still kind of getting into it. I went more because I wanted to go to Japan. I'd always wanted to. And I was like, I might as well plan yeah. it around going to New Japan shows. Uh, you know, I'm getting into this. Man, I, I've never the crowd, man, like AJ Styles has said he thinks this is his best match. Uh, granted, that was many years ago. Maybe his opinions changed. Maybe he thinks he's better than WWE. But at some Tanahashi uh, Styles believed this was his best match, and he talks about how he he had 
Tanahashi in the calf crusher and he looked in the front row and there were grown women crying because they thought that Tanahashi was going to tap out. Like, it, it, it's, it's that uh, Styles hits the high fly flow, Tanahashi hits the Styles clash. It's just a, this amazing, beautiful match. Like, it, it's one that I just don't think gets enough love because Tanahashi's had so many fucking good matches. Yeah. It just gets lost. Yeah, like you said, I don't, because I, I don't know if that match has English commentary on New Japan World, but um, I don't think it does. But that match is, like you said, it's kind of before like the big New Japan explosion into the yeah. West. It was like when New Japan was gaining a bit, like was gaining popularity with Bullet Club and stuff like that, but it hadn't mm-hmm. really like had that match. Say that explosion probably was like 2016, like post Wrestle Kingdom, because everyone was raving about Nakamura, AJ. And Tanahashi Okada. I said 2016 onwards is when like people are really like, oh snap, like New Japan is here. Yeah, it was like if you was in the know, you kind of picked up on it. And then obviously yeah. the, the one that just fucking like you know the flame was already there, and then they threw fucking gasoline on top of it was obviously Okada Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Um, yeah, and that's when if you was a wrestling fan, you knew what was up. Um, but yeah. you know if you if you go to the Meltzer route when it comes to Tanahashi, he's got 15 matches rated five stars or higher. Um, you mentioned one of my favorite matches as well, uh, the G1 Climax 28 final between Ibushi and Tanahashi. Contender. I think, yeah, I think that's the greatest babyface performance I've ever seen. Yes, um, I, I was gonna say it's a contender for greatest match of all time for me. Yeah, I think that's like I, I look at that like when people say what's like the greatest performance from a babyface, it's the, that match is like wrestling at its simplest. You can see Tanahashi's body was wearing down during that period of time. Um, and the G1 and that match is wrestling at its finest because um, there's, 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 this, there's this myth sometimes that wrestling outside of WWE doesn't tell stories it's more about the moves and it's like this match is the perfect story and it's the perfect way to book a baby face in a match and just the raw emotion Tanahashi brought out in the match. You had grown women crying mm-hmm. um, at the end of the match. And then the moment, I'll never forget the spot where, like, um, Ibushi's got Tanahashi backed up into the corner. He's slapping him. And then Tanahashi's, like, charging up. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Right. Just the pure emotion from that. Yeah, that's, like, the, like when I think of all-time babyface performances and why, like... Why is Tanahashi like one of the greatest like wrestlers of all time? Is because there's not many people in the world that can bring out emotion like you. Like a lot of people, you know, athleticism is amazing. It should never be discredited, but Tanahashi just gets it. He just understands how to make you feel something. Yeah, I mean uh, to go back as well for like some some of our older matches. I mentioned his All Japan match with Suwama, where he made the final of the Champion Carnival and he's playing a heel. Uh, that's an amazing match where, you know, Tanahashi is being the dick. He's playing up to the crowd because he knows he's in enemy territory and it just makes Suwama's win all the more bigger. Um, within New Japan as well, I love, uh, I can't remember the date or anything, but he's got this match with Kojima. Um, I think it might be a G1 final and Tanahashi loses, but uh, it, it, the finish is. It's, it's it you either think it's the greatest thing ever or it's just really fucking stupid but tanahashi is like kind of standing on the ropes but in the middle and kojima hits him with a huge lariat from the outside like he stand on the apron and tanahashi does this huge flip off the middle rope and lands in the ring um and it's like proper 
really stupid, but it's really overkill as well. And it's just, it's a really fucking cool moment. Um, and basically, if you look up any match that Tanahashi's had with Nagata back in like, you know, the late 2000s and uh, the late 2000s, early 2010s, uh, you're going to get like, you know, at least a four star banger. Um, they had some great matches in 2007. Uh, they had some more in like 2011. Um, he, like I said, Ta- Tanahashi doesn't have bad matches, man. Uh, you know, he's got so many good ones with Nakamura as well. The G1 Climax 25 final, uh, you know, a couple of days after the AJ Styles match uh, is another great one. That was kind of Nakamura's, uh, it was his last G1 match because the following year he left for, for, for New Japan. Uh, left for New Japan? I wish he left for WWE. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think... Oh, do you know what? Well, it's worth mentioning his fucking matches in the year 2022 because we're we're going back to 2007. We're talking about G1. We're talking about Okada. It's 2022, and this man is still putting on bangers. Like he had two matches with Shingo last year. Um, the one earlier in the year for the Never Title, where Shingo just fucking crumpled him with the Made in Japan or the Last yeah. of the Dragon. Like Jesus, that was amazing. They had the match in the Tokyo Dome where Tanahashi steps in at the last minute. Uh. Earlier this year, a match that's just been forgotten because every year it happens. The matches that happen earlier in the year just get a bit forgotten because there's so much fucking good wrestling in the world now. Yeah. Uh, um, his match with Tomohiro Ishii for the vacant IWGP US Heavyweight Championship earlier yeah. in 2022, man. I, Tanahashi yeah. pulled out a brain buster. I've never seen Tanahashi pull out a brain buster and it was perfect. <laughs> it was... Yeah, I think... Did, was, that this, was that the same match um, that happened in the US or was that a different one? No, I don't know that happened in the US. Um, I don't think it did well, anyway. Yeah, because I know he had a match of Ishii that happened in the US that I watched this year, which was also incredible as well. Uh, but I know, I know this, this one was for the title because um, it was meant to be Osprey versus Tanahashi and Ta- uh, Osprey had the kidney infection, I think it was. Um, okay. Yeah, no, this was, I've just Googled it. It was a wrestling Don Taco in the Fukuoka Dome. Um, like, God damn, that fucking ruled. Like, ugh. That... And I love Tanahashi as well. Do you know what? As well, he's so, so, such a good guy to meet. Um, like, I met, I've met him many, many times, thankfully, luckily, because of Rev Pro and things like that. Um, I got him to sign my G1 Climax 25 ticket one day because he won the final. Um, and I've given him the ticket and he was like, oh, he was like, did I win this one? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you won G1 Climax 25, Tanahashi. And he's like, oh, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> he's got a pretty good grasp of the English language. He's so, he's so he's so kind and sweet to me. Like he, you see it from the the, the video stuff they do anyway. Like when yeah. the TV goes and everything. Um, he's such a fucking good dude. But yeah, I think this is. Uh, I don't. This might be the one that I've spoken the longest about. Someone I could speak forever about Tanahashi. Um, but we we need to put a plug on it at some point. Um. NK, at the top of the podcast, you gave yourself a six on the knowledge of Tanahashi you had because, you know, you're very up to date with modern New Japan. You've been watching it for a, for yeah. many years now. You know, you, you appreciate the ace. You appreciate the goat. Um, yeah. You gave yourself a six. What number would you give yourself now? I'll probably give myself, like, um, and and I probably, like, an eight. I feel like just knowing, just, just knowing, like, um... I like just knowing a few more of the finer details. Like I'd always heard about certain things, but just having things like crystallized and clarified for me. Okay, no, I'll probably give it a seven because I thought there's still more to know in terms of like going back and watching these matches. Like I did, I never knew he wrestled in all Japan. I never knew that. Um, 
But yeah, I'd probably give myself like a seven, like um after this. And I'm definitely like there's definitely matches I'm gonna go back and watch and like um just even I didn't know Tanahashi had a book, so I'll probably like find a way to check that out. Yeah, um, yeah. It's literally on New Japan website, uh, njpw972.com. Uh, I think it comes out like once a month now. Um, but yeah, it's called Aces High. Uh, it's it, it is really good. It takes like two minutes to read one, but obviously, if you're gonna, there's a there's a lot to go back from. Um, but, yeah. But you're talking about his time in uh, wrestling all Japan as well. Like I said at the top, he did have a brief stint with the uh, with Noah's tag team titles, where he won them with Yuji Nagata. Uh, so he's competed in Noah a little bit as well, not much at all. But, um, of course, you know, that kind of came full circle when he teamed up with Okada and they faced Kaito Kiyomiya and Kijimoto at uh, the Wrestle Kingdom 16 third show. Like, debacle, whatever the fuck you want to call that. Um, yeah, no, he, he he's kind of done it. He, he certainly hasn't stepped out of New Japan much at all. Um, I think he's had one match in DDT. Uh, I know he had a match against Konosuke, Ta- uh, Konosuke Takeshita back in 2014. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's, it's a banger. It's a very young Takeshita um it's a kind of tanahashi at his peak um and yeah. He, yeah he shows up in uh in ddt and like just fucking makes tuck to makes Takeshita look like a superstar as only tanahashi can that that's one definitely yeah. worth checking out as well uh but <laughs> sweet seven uh I, i'm happy with that that's that's one of the highest scores we've had uh please as i said at the shop uh, said at the top Follow NK on Twitter at NKPreach, N-K-P-R-E-A-C-H. And also check out WrestThings at WrestThings, W-R-E-S-T-H-I-N-G-S. Subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to them on YouTube. You will not be disappointed. They're so passionate and engaging. Uh, so, so much fun at NKPreach, at WrestThings. NK, thanks for joining me for this, man. This has been so much fun. No, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, this podcast is part of WrestleWin Network, along with Flight 5, the Ocean Cycle Show, Provision, and Patreon-exclusive podcasts into the WrestleVerse, available at patreon.com slash WrestleIn. You can sign up for just $1. If you enjoyed this or any of our podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have a wrestler you want covered on the show, drop me a tweet on Twitter at KieranRH93. That was Noob Japan. We are WrestleIn. And now we're out.